0: It's time for the Fantasy Points podcast, brought to you by fantasypoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome into another episode of the Take Talk podcast. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield, and I'm with my co-host Stephen O'Rourke, Steve. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning. I am
1: doing pretty good. We um, buried my grandma yesterday, which was a weird, you know, it was a weird reality of like happy but sad because she was 93. So, yeah, it was nice because I got to see a lot of my extended family that I don't get to see very often and we all kind of drank and enjoyed it. So it was um it was a nice time. It was nice, but it's good to be back. Good to have everything
0: back on track. So Awesome, yeah. Sorry for your loss, by the way. And um, sometimes death does do a good job of bringing people together. So that is the yeah. one, one nice part about that. But all right, well, we got a lot to talk about, Steve. So yes, we do. We're gonna do an unusual format today. I I wanted to kind of do like a, a football smorgasbord, if you will. There's a few topics I really wanted to get into, and then at the end, we'll sort of do like a week 13 roundup. I specifically want to talk AFC South. The yeah division has turned into a, a bloodbath like yeah like a total a total war but um anyways let's uh let's start i want to start with the college football playoffs even i know this is an nfl show but the the cfb does relate to the nfl quite a bit because a lot of these players in the playoff you will see in the nfl on on sundays so yes gut reaction what did you think of the selection committee's decision
1: i mean being biased and being a person that cheers for Texas, I was happy with it. I was fine with it. I, I didn't even know about you, by the way.
0: Huh? I didn't even know that about you.
1: Yeah, it's not like super heavy fandom because I have no relation to Texas whatsoever. I just yeah. was like 10 and, and like Vince Young and off we went. But um, But I understand both sides. And so I was fine with it. I understand the whole goal of the college football playoff is to get the four best teams, and I understand the argument behind Ohio State and how, like, yes, they, you know, back when they had uh, Cardale Jones. The only pushback I have on that is that uh, we saw this, uh, I think his name was Matt Glenn, was the third-string freshman quarterback for Florida State against Louisville. He did not look good. He did not look good, and I think off of that, there's not really a world where you can say that Florida State is a top four team with him at the helm. And that sounds like that's who would be leading them through the playoffs. And so it's unfortunate and it sucks because, you know, it's been a while since Florida state's been good. And I understand the fans are excited and all that, but the whole goal of this is to get the four best teams. And I think with Matt Glenn, at quarterback, Florida state's not one of the four best teams and it sucks to say it. it you hate to have to be that blunt and have to, you know, yeah break it to those people the coaches the players because they you know they earned it and i you know there is a world where they deserve it but i get it and so i'm fine with it
0: so you 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 agreed to the decision um i predicted the decision like i laid out who i would pick if i was the committee for my four teams they nailed it exactly how i had it even the the slots they had each team in yeah i think the thing that surprised me about all this, steve is how emotional people were about this oh yeah it is crazy. Like, there oh, is some yeah. flared tempers. There is some just pure guttural emotion, people really feeling for Florida State and feeling like they got screwed. And I, I guess I just don't see it. Uh, I'll take this a step further. I think if I were the committee, I would have put Oregon in before Florida State. So I, mean, I, don't yeah, even think, I agree with you. Yeah, and, I, and Georgia too, obviously. I would have put Georgia in. Ohio's not uh, well. Yeah, Ohio's uh, no, I, I think I would. I, I mean, I
1: think, I think you might like Florida say that puts them at what? That puts them at eight overall, which I think is right with the yes. current state of their team. And the, again, it's not their fault. It's, it could have happened to arguably any team that was going through the playoff. Yeah. It could have happened to anyone. It just, and it sucks that it's an injury that keeps you out, but Hey, listen, it's an entertainment uh Thing and this is all for yeah. entertainment value, and it, they have a, a duty to put the four best teams in. I agree. And you empirically have to say that Florida State is not one of the best four teams with yeah,
0: your backup, let alone the third string. Um, I know right. people keep citing the Ohio State precedents. I hate that I hate people throw around precedents like we're in some like courtroom or we're, we're passing congressional <laughs> yeah. bills here, right. I mean, The precedents. There's no judicial precedence here because it's a <laughs> no freaking football, it's not it's not lawmaking.
1: It's, thir- it's thirteen people in a room picking football teams. Right, let's right.
0: not let's not get this twisted. Yes. So, anyways, the precedence of Cardell Jones, the difference there was we got Cardell for what three games before the committee had to Yes. Bat, and he freaking annihilated everybody. So yes, uh, he that's he, a massive went, difference in, in Per. Er, if you ask me.
1: Did they get him did they get him that long? I, I thought they just got him because he He's uh,
0: at least won the, Barrett, the championship game, right? Barrett got hurt against
1: uh, Michigan, wasn't it? Yeah, he got hurt against Michigan. So Cardale finished the game against Michigan. They won that, and then they went to the Big Ten championship. Either way, you had seen the proof was there of like, okay, this offense doesn't really skip a beat with him in there.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was three full games. Oh wow, okay. Let's see, Wisconsin, he was twelve for seventeen for two hundred fifty-seven yards and three touchdowns. Alabama, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I lied to you. He played uh, three games. He played three games. Well, yeah, so two, it was two of them were the were the college football playoffs. So it was one game in which he looked fantastic. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. Um. Let's
1: see. Then. But yeah, it's. I mean, just to cut, I'll just to fill air, so we're not just sitting here. Yeah, true. Listening. But um. It just like Louisville lost to Kentucky the week prior. They had lost some ugly games and Florida mm-hmm. state. Not they had to go in and beat really beat down Louisville to prove the point. And they just didn't do that. I mean, I think I saw, I watched the first half of the game and the, which was, which I think the score was like six to nothing, six to six at half, which is ugly already against a not, you know not amazing Louisville team but yeah. the passes you I saw Glenn attempt it was like oh no this isn't yeah. like he's a freshman he's a freshman and that's the thing there's nothing against him this no. is nothing against him this is nothing against his future who he can be as a quarterback but he's a freshman a true freshman start like and it he just didn't have it and that's okay and it doesn't mean that he won't have it in 2 years or they might not be back next year but it just isn't it, it, this isn't their year and yeah. hey I mean the 12 the 12 team uh playoff is coming I think it starts next year next so year. You,
0: you know, know what's crazy, I, Steve? it's like well, well when the when they pass the 12 team playoff thing people were excited that like enjoy college football but non-college football fans are kind of like well that seems excessive we've we've never had a situation where it was needed yeah. And then finally the last year of the 14 team playoff all hope is and you can make the argument for for sure 8 teams yeah. being in the playoff um, and then there's you know the four other solid teams that would round out the top 12. Yeah. I do think like it's interesting cuz like Oregon I already mentioned a, a two loss Oregon I'd put in over Florida State with their current QB situation. Like Oregon annihilated basically everybody except for Washington and they had to play them twice.
1: <laughs> and they and they you know they lost close games to Washington. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and in fact like a lot of people the general overwhelming consensus was that oregon was going to beat washington in that game
1: they were nine and a half point favorites which i still to the which i still to this day and i don't know i don't know if there will be a day that will come in my life that i won't ever that i won't not understand that i didn't get it when it came out didn't understand it while the game was playing i don't know how like that was one where it was like what like I think, I mean, it had people questioning a lot of things where it's like, what does Vegas know? Because I think you hear hear that sometimes. And that was one of them where you're like, what does Vegas know that they're putting Oregon as nine and a half point favorites? And then you watch the game and you're like, oh, maybe they just didn't know anything. And it was, and Washington's actually legit. I think, because every, I think that was the big thing is a lot of people were kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off with Penix and with Washington in general. Yep. And it just never happened because he's a good player. They're a good team. They're well rounded (laughs) on
0: offense their offensive it, versatility is insane because they have so good. weapons with Odunes and mcmillan they can hit you from a lot of angles throwing the ball and then they they also can grind it out on the run game they remind Dylan. me of michigan like offensively michigan style but they have premium pass catchers where michigan does not right uh, right so that's that's interesting but all right anyways let's move on i wanted to hit zach wilson discussion steve so i don't know if you heard but there was rumors like Monday afternoonish. it came out that um, he wasn't too comfortable with the idea of coming back on the field to start yeah. a football game for the Jets. Now that's yeah. been shot down a hundred times now by the Jets organization and Cause, uh, everyone taking, you know, Oh no, Zach's you know, he's a hundred percent committed. He's he's in it to win it, yada, yada. And we haven't heard from Zach yet, ironically, but either way, Let's just for argument's sake, let's play a hypothetical game. Let's say Zach Wilson was indeed uncomfortable with starting another game. It in a way is he vindicated for that sentiment. I, I not getting so. into the psychology of it. I'm a firm believer in when when you're on a team, you do whatever you're asked to yes. do to help win. Yes. That's true. I'm not saying it would be a good thing. I just think in a way, with, with where the Jets are as an organization, their inability to protect their quarterbacks with an offensive line that can do anything and the tug and pull for zach wilson of your starter you're not a starter you're a starter we're trading for a hall of famer you're a starter because he's yeah. hurt now you're not a starter now you're a starter it's like I, I mean do you can you blame the guy if he's just like you know what no no i'm not doing that i'm not going out there with that offensive line i'm not i'm just not doing it
1: i can't you can't blame, it, blame him at all because And he's also thinking about his longevity in the NFL and his career in the NFL. And unfortunately, the longer he steps out on the field, and I, I'm not, I don't think it's today's the day to get into, you know, is Zach Wilson a starter, (laughs) future starter in the NFL? That'll probably be a quick conversation. But he still has to think about himself a little bit, and that's, it's just not. Productive for him to put himself out there and play on that offense behind that offensive line with the weapons that they don't have at receiver, and you know, com- continue to put out tape that he has to justify later when free agency comes around. Because you, I'm pretty sure the Jets and them are not. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the ship has sailed and he's going somewhere else. Yeah, you're gonna have to answer for the film when it comes time to get signed by another team. And I think in his head, it's like the more I put out and have to play behind this garbage offensive line. And, you know, I don't, who knows what's going on in his head and where he's putting blame and all that. I can't, you know, I can't speak to that. I don't think any of us can but he's got to, I get it. He's got to think for himself. And I think that he is vindicated because they're going to keep trotting out people. And, you know, they're It's going to be not even replacement level guys and they're not going to be good. That's just that we've seen it. If the proof is in the pudding, it's we're 13 weeks in now. I think we know what's coming. And so I agree with you on, I agree with you that like, yeah, Zach Wilson, you know, if it's me, I'm, you know, the way I was raised, the way I think is like, yeah, You if you get the opportunity, you go out there and play and you make the most of it and control what you can control. But at the same time, Hey, he's got, a career to think about. And I don't think he yeah. wants to retire at age 23, um, forcefully <laughs> retire at age 23. And so he's got to think about himself a little bit. So I get it. If it is true that he said that he yeah, was right. like, no, thanks. No, thank you. Actually, someone else can do it. Um, I think he's, I think he is vindicating. He has a point to do it.
0: Yeah. So the, the tape is definitely a huge part of this, right? Like he's already put out plenty of bad tape yeah um i imagine he he understands that as well and and knows that that could greatly impact him in moving forward now i kind of think maybe it it doesn't matter as much as people realize because the tape has been so bad i think he's gonna get some type of backup contract come come compete in camp kind of contract yeah it's a trubisky situation where maybe
1: he's the he he was the number
0: two overall pick so he's gonna have a chance he'll have a chance he
1: he will like the nfl does not let those guys go away gracefully
0: right right so uh, there's that aspect but the the injury thing is huge to me because the jets are giving up like a 41 percent pressure rate on the year which is insane and that is with modest time to throw and time to pressure numbers to or time to sorry time to throw numbers there's like 12 quarterbacks who have a higher time to throw than wilson yeah so like it's not even like he's holding the ball forever. Like we're used to him doing, he's actually right. kind of a little bit more diligent about getting that ball out. The time to pressure number is like 2.4 seconds, which is lightning fast, by the way. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's insane. They're giving up a lot of pressure and they're giving it up fast. He just has nowhere to go with the football. So there's an injury concern there as well. And there's just a reality of like, you can't do much when you're under pressure that often, it's just really yeah. hard to get something going. It'd be really hard for him to put some good tape up. So, yeah. Um, Anyways, I do think he's a little vindicated if that was his true sentiment. But um, ultimately, I think he comes out. He plays football for the Jets, and it is what it is. So, Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Steve, did you happen to see um, one David uh, Carr, David Carr, former NFL QB brother to current NFL QB, he kind of mouthed off about one Jalen Hurts on his show or on whatever show he's a part of. I think it's an ESPN show, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's um, NFL Network. Is it but Network? Not, okay. Yeah, but that's not important. No, but the general consensus of what he said was that Jalen Hurts should be benched for Marcus Mariota. And I did. I do think he meant that in a temporary order. Yes. Yes. Um, which... In, in a in one world there's maybe an argument for that i think the part that i think was crazy and triggered a lot of people is he said that hurts can't read defenses yeah um and if the 49ers come into Philly again it doesn't matter yada 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 because they can't score points i just it's weird that you know he's absolving the Philly defense for giving up six straight touchdown drives right and putting it all on Jalen hurts anyways you saw your thoughts when you saw it
1: um I thought he took off the plane kind of well like I could see his like the train of thought that he was going down but he lost he lost me in the middle of things when he started saying like oh Jalen Hurts can't read a defense and oh Marcus Mariota gives him a better chance to win and all these things because I mean, if you've seen, we've all seen Marcus Mariota tape. We saw him in Atlanta last year. He's not an upgrade over it. Even like, cause like the whole basis of the argument is that Jalen hurts is kind of injured. We've all seen it. You can clearly see the running is hampered. Um, you know, lateral quickness isn't what it is when he's fully healthy. And so like his argument is, is that, oh, well, because of that, he's a not, like, he's not as good play Marcus Mariota. And he will, I don't know, improve the offense. And I just don't agree with any of that. <laughs> I don't agree. Like I like the basis of his argument of like, well, get Jalen. Basically, he's saying get Jalen Hurts healthy. I think I think that's what he, the basis of his argument is. OK, it's just that I don't think that Marcus Mariota is the answer. And that's the problem.
0: If if you were to tell me Jalen Hurts is critically injured, and we don't think we have a shot to win the Super Bowl in his current state. Let's play Mariota for a week or two to get him right. I can sign off on that. Yes. 100%. Where I don't like where, where he took the conversation is the baseline of I think what he was saying is you can't run the Eagles offense that has been super dynamic to its fullest capacity with Hurts being injured. Right. The problem with that is change what you're doing then. Yeah. Don't keep doing the same things over and over. And, I, and I've complained about this to Chris privately. I've complained about it on this show. I've complained about it on matchup points. My show with John, I complained about it every Wednesday morning on guru in the morning show on Sirius XM. The Philadelphia offense puts way too much on hurts plate. As far as yeah. shutdowns when he's hot, he has, there's just not a lot of answers for hot in that offense. There's not a lot of in breaking routes. The whole offense is hurts having to create, And and just be not only a dude, but the dude that just is untouchable. And he's not able to do that right now with his with his injury. But he's still a very effective quarterback. And when yes, when you as a quarterback who, you know, I'm assuming David Carr knows how to evaluate tape, although maybe he doesn't. He took a lot of hits in, in the league and he didn't play very well at any point in his career. So maybe he doesn't know how to evaluate tape. But anyone that knows football can watch Jalen Hurts and find hundreds of examples of him reading through progressions this right. is not an issue that he has this is it's so crazy to me that's even being discussed because there are plenty of quarterbacks in the league that have that issue Jalen Hurts is not one of them <laughs> so well, I, then, I just need well, then, the whole discussion
1: to imply that like oh he can't read an offense get Mariota in there because Whoa, oh god thank you he, because yeah. he can better right I don't, no I don't think so I don't I actually pretty much know so that that's right. not the case because again if you're arguing, if you want to make the argument that Mariota at the current state that he's in compared to Jalen hurts is a more dynamic runner and can escape the pocket and run the RPOs and, you know, the, and read options and things like that better than Jalen hurts. Okay. That's fine. If you want to say that, he's, not even you know, fine. it's not, even yeah. fine, but like, if you want to argue that his athleticism right now at full health compared to Jalen hurts, where we don't think he's healthy, that I'm okay. That make that argument, but don't, Take it, don't double, triple down and start saying that because of that, Mario does then a better passer, a better uh, yeah. leader of defenses. Like, no, okay, no. And that's, and again, I agree with you that I think that this is just pointing out all the flaws in the Philadelphia offense. Yeah. And pointing out it's, it's the fact that David Carr can even get to this point is like, okay, we've kind of gone off the rails in how this offense is run because. Yeah, you know, because yeah, you like, I think Jalen Hurts ran it like two times, um, against the 49ers, and the Dolphins did look stunted at times. But don't come, don't come at us and say that Mario is the better option, you know, for a, overall, because it's just not true. Jalen Hurts is a better, like, if you want to, if you want to take out the read option stuff, if you want to take yeah. out the stuff that gets Jalen Hurts on the move with like actually running the ball that i think the offense would be fine i think if you just right. stunted you know stunted his responsibilities a little bit for now until he gets yeah. fully healthy and you know
0: call some actual passing concepts how about that, that but the thing great. Is, why is mariota a bust it's because he was drafted second overall yep. based on athletic traits that we yep. thought could he could um epitomize the modern nfl qb here's the problem right. None of the athleticism was functional at the NFL level for Mariota. In right. fact, his passer rating when out of structure is worse in the league. He's not an accurate thrower on the run or out of structure on the move. He hasn't been decisive running the football either. He's never been great at that, as, even though he's a supreme athlete. Yeah. So even all of those athletic traits you would be hoping to capture by bringing Mariota on the field, you're not going to get them because he's never been good at it at the NFL level. So. It's completely moot in my opinion. The only argument to bench Jalen Hurts right now is just to get him healthy for the Super Bowl run. Yes. The problem is, is they're fighting they're in a dogfight for the number 1 seed and they're not going to want to concede that to anybody. No. So No.
1: And yeah. I mean and now because of the loss to um San Francisco and with the game against Dallas looming, Yeah. They have a there's a like there's a potential that there's a fight for the division in general. Yeah. So I don't think you want to lose. You don't you definitely like you don't want to lose the one seed, but you definitely don't want to lose your division because you you right. want to you want to be able to play, you know, every obviously every team as you can at home.
0: Yeah, it's funny because uh, as a Detroit, uh, someone who lives in Detroit, Detroit fans have been rooting against Philly all year because the one yeah. Philly's now a spot where they're going to be rooting for the Lions pretty heavily. Um, to yeah. Beat. So, yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, last smorgasbord discussion here Bruce Irvin Lions edge rusher recently signed he's 36 years old yep got hit with a roughing the passer penalty the other day and it was uh, you know cited under the body weight rule yep I tweeted on uh, on X sorry I xed that <laughs> I don't know how that was a roughing the passer penalty and I was met with quite negative ire yeah. I received some some crazy DMs. Some of the replies went too savory themselves. I was accused of being a lion's homer, and that's why I didn't understand why it was a penalty. And I just want to say to all those people, you're not smart. <laughs> um, if you actually objectively watch the play, you can understand why that should not have been a roughing the passer penalty. I'll read you the rule word for word, okay? Ooh, and this okay. is part of the issue with the NFL rulebook, by the way, is it is purposely subjective. Yes, because they don't want to hold the referees accountable. It is purposely subjective. But I'm going to read this yes. rule to you. A rushing defender is prohibited from committing such intimidating and punishing acts as stuffing a passer into the ground or unnecessarily wrestling or driving him down after the passer has thrown the ball. By the way, this is hilarious. Such intimidating acts.
1: I know that that made me actually that made me laugh.
0: This is freaking football, guys. Yeah. What? Okay, cool. All right. Even if the rusher makes his initial contact with the passer within one step, within the one step limitation provided for in A above, when tackling a passer who is in a defenseless posture, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down or land on top of him with all or most of the, defen- the defender's weight. Instead, the defensive player must strive to fall to the side of the quarterback's body or to brace his fall with his arms to avoid landing on the quarterback. With his body weight. Now, if you watch that play objectively, Steve, what you yep. will find is when Derek Carr, it's funny, both the Carr brothers are, are subject to conversation this morning. I, I wonder, wonder why. Um, when Derek Carr th- throws that ball, he's getting hit as he th- throws by Bruce Irvin. Derek Carr's feet come off of the ground. Yes. And if you understand physics, if you like, imagine trying to tackle a guy who's not on the ground. Right. What's going to happen to you? You're going to fall like a freaking brick thrown right. off the building. Like right. it, Derek. Ha- Derek Carr is the one who put himself in risk. And this is where like when Tom Brady went off a couple months ago about how soft the league is getting and quarterbacks have all these rules to protect them, but yet they never think for one second they need to protect themselves. This is what he's talking about. This is exactly what he's talking about. Derek Carr put himself at risk by leaving the ground with his feet yeah. while he was throwing the football. And it was just a bang, bang play. Bruce Irvin should not have been flagged for that. And I bet you the NFL comes out and finds Bruce Irvin for that. Oh, hit, 100%, hit, double down. 100%. 100%.
1: 100% that'll
0: happen. And, and even, even the rules analyst came on and was like, this is textbook what we're yeah. In. What I about do. that play was unnecessarily or violently thrown? Bruce Irvin hit a player that was not on the ground, and physics happened.
1: He's, I mean, yeah, he, it was at that. I mean, honestly, if you look at the, at like how to form tackle, that was a, that was what it was, was it was a textbook form tackle. His head was to the side. He drove his shoulder into the midriff of the quarterback, not going high, not going low. And like you said, Derek Carr was, he didn't, he didn't leave his feet, never left his feet. Uh, Bruce Irvin didn't at least, but like you said, Derek Carr is, He was airborne. He had nothing planted to the ground. So he's six inches. He's dry. He got a shoulder into his midriff. And guess what? Because he doesn't have anything planted. There's no like pivot point. So it's just the body folding into the ground. Right. I mean, and like, yeah, that's like you said, it's just physics. Go outside to your yard. Give it a run. Tackle a bag of leaves when it's stationary and planted on the ground. see how that falls and then have a friend
0: throw Throw the bag up
1: in the air. And then you do the same motion, same speed, drive and like tackle it. It's going to feel more forceful when it's off the ground because there's just no, there's nothing planted. It's just this free flowing, free flying body or thing of matter. And that's exactly what Derek Carr was. And yeah, he was trying to make a play and he, I like sometimes, and that's the thing is I think that, like with that that's the rule has gone a little bit too far because i think that 3 4 years ago if a pressure if pressure was in your face like that a lot of quarterbacks would have done the thing where they just kind of spin and fall to the ground yeah but because they know that hey there's a about a 7 in 7 inch box that that defender has to hit and also he has to somehow Slide off to the side and brace himself. Yes. I don't have to do anything. So let's just rip it. And, you know, best case scenario, oh. I get the ball. I get a completion. Worst case scenario, I get a penalty. And he got You just
0: it, you it was perfectly, case for them, you perfectly segued into how I wanted to end this discussion. The way the rules are right now, it actually is incentivizing, by the way, these rules are designed to protect quarterbacks. Right. The way they're set up, it's actually incentivizing quarterbacks to take massive shots in the pocket. Yeah because they know they can step into a throw get absolutely walloped but it's gonna at at worst it's gonna be a 15-yard penalty yeah um it's kind of crazy to me but anyways i I don't think the application of the rule was correct this also kind of shines a light on on another issue in the nfl and if you um even if you don't agree with me on the bruce Irvin thing i think you'll agree with this and that's there needs to be a common sense protocol in the nfl where a penalty is called or or a flag is picked up and new york can just call down to the field and say hey like why do you have a rules expert on fox if you can't even get it right on the field like let's let have that. a rules expert on every single network now every right. single network you have right.
1: territory you have blandino you have francesa you have um what is it joe Testatori is it I forget uh, the ESPN guy like you have one on every single network who is live on the feed there to evaluate
0: every single call. So if the networks can do that why can't you do that and where it doesn't require a coach's flag I'm not saying we challenge pass interference or roughing the passer but it's just simple where flag was thrown New York's gonna call down say, yep that was a violation or nope that wasn't a violation yeah and then make your decision that way right now there's it's there's n- absolutely, it's so subjective, and we live in a technological era, Steve. There's no reason the officiating should be this bad. And and that was, by the way, the Lions game was one of the cleaner games of the week. It if was, you was. football this weekend, overall. you wanted to throw yourself off a freaking bridge for how bad the officiating was. What was it the was, other one? Um, well, there was a game that was just disa- a disaster. Um, I don't remember now. Oh, the, the Chiefs game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that that Chiefs game was one of the worst officiated games I have ever seen, and it impacted both teams, you know, at different moments of the game. Down the stretch, though, the Chiefs like the out of bounds play where they stopped yep. the clock on that. Like the Chiefs should have had a rolling clock right there. Um, do you know what I'm talking about on the le- final yeah. drive? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they unnecessarily stopped the clock for the Chiefs. That should be something where New York just stops stops the time. Hey, he he was not out of bounds like he was going right. backwards when he was tackled right that should be a rolling clock right. um the the review that happened because the fumble or catch yep. non-catch yep that should have invoked the 10 second runoff steve yep they forgot about that rule apparently they don't forget about that rule in other situations but they forgot yeah. about it in that one how, yeah. how does it even happen how do you just forget about a rule
1: i like, know it, it, it's it, it, i like Again, I don't know if it's just the scrutinizing is at an all time high, but it, like this season in general feels like it's been the most like we say this bad, bad word, calls. We do, we this do, season I, is the
0: worst, but it is getting progressive. I, I
1: think it is the worst. Like, yeah. I definitively think it is the worst. Yeah, and I think a big part of it is holy cow. One, I like, and I don't want to, I don't really don't want to get into a rough discussion, but I like it's a lot of <laughs> old guys they need to get some youth in there and they need to have some semblance of like i don't know training and things because like the that's the i mean it what? is it's training? it's the big the, i don't know it's the big thing that it's talked about they're all it's a lot of old guys it's a lot of like they work half the year they don't work a full-time they're,
0: job oh, for this business professionals most of these guys are lawyers and doctors right and they're like, they're they're it's a hobby for them,
1: exactly. And you're all, and they're making the calls on the biggest stage
0: of sports, arguably outside it, of the world they top. Don't have A full time officiating crew, Steve. How like, is this a thing?
1: I don't know. You have a, you are a multi billion dollar organization, and you right. pay. I mean, they pay them really well. They like those guys make really good money, but they also work for half the year, and then they go and do everything else the rest of the week, the rest of the year.
0: I've heard some old heads on talk radio or whatever talk about why the NFL doesn't have full time staff, and the argument is they because it's a shorter, it's only an eighteen week season, they feel like they'd yeah. be overpaying. Oh, good. Oh, god. I don't know what god. officials make in the NFL. The the problem is is the NFL is a year long endeavor at this point. You can send those refs to rookie mini camp, you and they can you know they can like if you have ever been to NFL training camp, they hire refs to come out. Yes, and work the seven on sevens and the eleven on elevens and even the one on ones for past interference. Yep. yep. Okay, send your professional ref there. Every team gets a crew in training camp. Every team yep. gets a, you know, rookie mini camp where we're sending a crew out. You can keep these guys busy. I mean, if that's if that's really the How hurdle, that? that it's an, only an eighteen week season, then that's not a hurdle to me. You can you can figure that out. So, anyways, yeah, I didn't want to get into the ref discussion specifically, but. It let there led because inevitably that's it what, always does. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's the nature yeah. of it.
0: Um, yeah, and, and then also for the people who called me a homer on the Bruce Irvin thing, the Lions defense is one of the worst I've ever seen on third and long. That was a third and long play. There's a yeah, chance yes. that you know they convert that like nine out of ten times. It happened to be the one they didn't of the day, so <laughs> whatever, <laughs> but uh. All right, let's uh, let's finish that up. We're going to jump into a week thirteen roundup, as I mentioned pre, uh, early in the show. Um, just real quickly, Steve, I wanted to look at the chaos in the NFL after week thirteen, and specifically the AFC South, because something crazy has happened that I, I it kind of snuck up on me. Maybe that's my bad, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, like a week ago, we were talking about them catching the Chiefs for the number one seed. Yeah, yeah, and now you you blinked, and they're like, wait a second. They got to lock down their division first. Like, this is crazy. The Colts are seven and five. The Texans are seven and five. The Jaguars are eight and four. And with the schedules remaining, dude, I don't know. I don't know if the scales tip in the Jags' favor. Um, real quick, the Colts have to go to Cincinnati this week without, um, you know, Joe Burrow. It's a yeah, winnable yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah then they they host the Steelers then they go to Atlanta that's a winnable game then they hope they finish the year hosting the Raiders and then the divisional important divisional game against the Texans at home in Indianapolis the Texans go to the Jets that's a tough game for the Texans but winnable who knows who their quarterback is right. then they go to Tennessee then they host the Cleveland host the Titans and then on the road to the Colts not that tough of a schedule though Steve the Jags yeah, with the home games
1: in there, which yeah, is nice.
0: With uh with some home games in there. Um the Jags five remaining games, three of them are on the road. The one of the games they host is against Baltimore. That's not an easy game. They have to go to Cleveland and win. And this playing in Cleveland this time of year sucks. Yeah. Rain or snow yep. every Sunday, Garen freaking teed. It's gonna be and cold. That, There's a defense is gonna wind. hit you hard. That defense hits you hard. That that wind is disgusting, by the way. Like yeah. the Lake Erie wind in Cleveland is delicious yeah. We know that. Um, then they got to travel to Tampa, which is basically a bus ride for them. But um, and then and then they host Carolina and then they got to go on the road. The last game of the season against the Titans. And by the way, the Titans aren't even out of this for what it's worth. Right. I mean, right. They're pretty out of it, but they're not like completely. I don't think we've buried them yet. If the, That's kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What is, what is the record? Is it six and six, five and seven?
1: uh five and seven i believe four and eight never mind they are out of four and eight okay they're done
0: oh yeah because they lost
1: they lost this week and yes overtime.
0: um but man this looked like jacksonville was competing for a once and maybe they still are chiefs could fault it right. for sure but it's like their focus needs to not be on the one seed and moron like hey we just have to win games and win this division you know right
1: well now it's not even about the chiefs it's about baltimore
0: well true true
1: you know, but either way, yes, what what looked like them walking away with a win against Cincinnati and they'd be perfectly set up to kind of take control of that and be, you know, and be in control of their own destiny with a game with having to play Baltimore and everything. But now, yeah, it's kind of a fight and Houston's coming quick and obviously losing. I, so I'm not a doctor, but I have had the injury that Trevor Lawrence had when I was in high school. Yeah. Um. I was out a week oh. and it obviously it's different. Leader, by the
0: way, I, I meant to mention that he's hurt now. <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah. he, Trevor Lawrence got hurt. He got rolled up on, he separated the or He kind of sprained the ligament that connects the tibia and the fibula, which first of all, the fact that he didn't tear his ACL or any other ligaments in there is actually pretty impressive. Like that's usually the first to go before you get to that ligament that connects those two. But if you do do it the way Trevor Lawrence did, Again, I'm not a professional athlete. I am not an NFL player, but I did have the injury. I was out a week. I was good in a knee brace after that for I after a week off. So there's a world where Trevor Lawrence is only out a week at most, maybe even comes back this week if they're able to, you know, get him rehabbed a little bit. So I don't like this isn't a huge issue long term. His lateral quickness will be affected a little bit, I think. But
0: we've um, already seen that
1: too with the knee, remember? Right. And so uh, they're they're in a dogfight though, and it's not I'm not really that worried about the offense overall. I think they've been moving it well. And what concerns me is that they got picked apart pretty heavily on defense against Cincinnati by Jake Browning. Jake Browning looked really good. But um
0: shockingly, th- yes, he did.
1: Yes, he did. But that is what's more concerning to me is that their defense has that ability to show up for some games and then just have breakdowns in the on the back end. And it is. It's it's a lot of back end breakdowns between like linebackers and um the secondary and that's what concerns me the most coming down the stretches. Are they able to clean that stuff up or are they going to keep getting shredded for, you know, 25 plus points cuz that yeah. puts a lot of strain on your offense.
0: Um and what's crazy is josh allen is arguably one of the biggest um uh, well he was already a good player but he's yeah. taken another step this year we're like he's
1: been so good this year
0: even even in that game steve he had like a sack and a half he had another two hits on the quarterback he had a couple tfls in the run game he Hit had an interception step, a pass defended, a, like that was the that was the worst
1: that I, that was the most hilarious thing i've ever seen what like ty what are you thinking tyler boyd but anyway, yeah, he had a great game, played really well.
0: Yeah, it is funny, too, that the the Bengals started Jake Browning in that game. And their two worst pass plays were Jamar Chase throwing the ball and Tyler Boyd throwing the ball. And you're like, yeah, I get, though, you you put those on the play sheet because you're like, we're going to probably need some extra oomph to move the yeah. ball there. Yeah, but no, Jake Brown's like, no, I got this. Like, why are we doing this crap with Tyler Boyd? But yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I me mean, ball. No, that dude is about to get paid. Yes. Um, if the Jags don't want to afford it, I know a team in the Midwest who desperately needs a pass rusher yeah. opposite Aiden Hutchinson. Just yeah. go yeah. get the man. Just especially now that. Struck it. Yeah, um, but I yeah. doubt they let that happen. Though they're gonna. They're no, gonna
1: you can't. I don't think you can let Jo ja, You can't let a player of that caliber at that position walk. You. The versatility is scary. Yes, you need it's, to think because you feel confident about him dropping into coverage and yeah. like, you know, not yeah. having a, it's, it's a, a, he plays similarly to TJ Watt where yeah. you feel, you feel really good about him dropping into space and it's not a complete and total like loss if you do that. Cause that's, you know, we have that argument and we've had that argument over the years of right. just different, different pass rushers where the like teams will drop him in space. And you're like, why would you waste him in space? Just send him at the quarterback every single time. But There's, Josh Allen and TJ Watt are different animals, and they and work Hutch. well. They a Hutch in there too. Hutch as well. They yeah. they are guys that work well in space and understand spacing of of, of like short route concepts and things like that's, that. So they're able to be it. effective.
0: The route diagnosing and recognition from those guys is different. Yes. A lot of times you drop a, a I call them fatties. You drop a fatty into space, they don't know. Like they haven't studied what routes they might get hit with. They There's don't really know what they're tracking or what concept is. Yeah especially defensive end is the most brain dead position in the league. Like, I mean, every, I'm not, I'm not just BSing. Every coach would tell you if there's one po- position, you could just insert from college to pro and not expect a lot of training. It's a defensive end. Like the, it's literally see ball, get ball. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't lose your gap, see ball, get ball. That's basically yep. it. Whatever your yep. technique is, whatever your style is, just go do it. Like yep. it doesn't, doesn't really matter. So, um, yeah but for those guys they, they definitely have a, a innate understanding of what offenses are trying to do and that helps them in, in coverage for sure um yeah so one thing about this division steve the afc south is last year this was considered widely the worst division in football yes and now you have three playoff teams playoff caliber teams tennessee i think their record is probably worse than they've played um they've been competitive and it feels like every game, right? And they've yeah, yeah, they have- a lot of especially at home. They're really good at home, and then on the road, they've they've had some tough losses. But it, it's crazy that this division's turned it around that fast. I guess that's what good drafting can do for you, right? Like, it's just yeah. Um, and then the Colts are doing it without their quarterback. Like Minshew looks pretty good. Like we we know he's what he is. He is what he is. We know that. Um, but that run game with Minshew, the RPOs, the Steichen offense, like that's all working in Indy. I did not expect them to be seven and five, especially without Anthony Richardson. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like Minshew Seiken knows Minshew, and he kn- he knows how to get the most out of Minshew, and they're doing it. It's really every single team in this division, at, outside of Tennessee, right now, they're the, actually kind of the inverse of the other three. Is who can get a stop when it matters? Right. Because up until this True. point, it felt like Jacksonville was probably your best bet, but after the way they played against it man, it's it's there's a lot to question. I mean, Houston's secondary is starting to come alive a little bit.
0: Oh, I is, I think Houston's defense is great. Like I, yeah. they've really impressed yeah. me. Their um their pass rush has woken up a little bit. They're yeah. getting to the run. Their secondary is super technically sound. Like they're they're playing really well. I I kind of I kind of I think they're scary.
1: They are, and I mean, they're going to nip at Jacksonville's heels here, probably uh, potentially after this week, especially if Lawrence sits this week, which is a high. Yeah. I think there's a, a decent possibility that that happens. Houston could be right up on their heels after this if if Jacksonville were to lose, they'd be at eight and five, and then Houston would be at what eight and eight and five? Would they be eight and eight, five too? Eight and five, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then, boom! All of a sudden, you're in a tie with games against them down the stretch so this is i don't know it gets a little bit scary for jacksonville because you can't it's not like the nfc where you can fall back on well like ah we'll be all right we'll get in with the wild card right wild card race is just as difficult as the division race arguably your division is a little bit easier in a way than the wild card
0: yep all right steve before we go and we do have to go but any other final notes on Week 13 that you want to get off your chest? Um, I might have one actually. Lay it on us, me, whatever. The Green Bay Packers, um, they're they're playing good football right now. Yep. Jordan Jordan Love all year he's really looked good in um what I call seven on seven situations when he's playing teams yep. that struggle to rush passer and the Chiefs for whatever reason are one of those teams. Um, he looks really good. The Lions the week before, like he's definitely turned a corner getting through progressions, being decisive, making stuff happen. His time to throws come down. All that stuff is is working in his favor. I, I, I would love to see him again against a team that can get pressure on the quarterback because that's when he's falling apart this year. But yeah. for my – and that's not going to happen this week because he plays the Giants. But um, for my eyes, Jordan Love is playing at a very high level right now, and I think he's turned a corner. Those young weapons are starting to mature. They're learning their roles within each other. I think Jaden Reed is a good volume guy. Watson, now we're not sure what the hamstring for this week, but Watson, you know, the big play guy. Romeo Dubs, yep. the possession guy. They even yep. have some some other speedsters like Dontavian Wicks and Samari Torre. Tucker yep. Kraft is a yak guy. Like they got a lot of really cool parts, really interesting. Yeah. And it's cool to see a young QB grow with his young weapons. If they keep that crew together. And this is, this was my contention in the, in the preseason, the beginning of the year was like, they kind of have built this the right way. They got an offensive line that can pass, protect surrounded love with young weapons. He can grow with the goal was never to do it this year, but man coming down the stretch, I, everyone's on notice. I don't think anyone wants to run into green Bay right now, including the freaking Detroit lions. And yeah, there's a, a very likely scenario they actually host the Packers for a playoff game. So, wild stuff here. Um, and this,
1: then that's all working in tandem with their defense starting to gel and figure it out and come works. together.
0: Complementary football. If you don't, I know, on the field for 80 plays a game, they tend to play better. It's weird,
1: right? I mean, <laughs> you're seeing that. Hey, look, look what happens when we give Rashawn Gary a little bit of rest in between possessions. He rushes the passer like a madman, and their secondary who. Still is without uh, still playing without Jair Alexander, who could be returning
0: later, who probably will return later this year. Yeah. And he was bad when he's played. So, like, yeah, I, mean, it, I, I think with the new to your point, the new defense, the way they're playing, I think Jair probably gets back on track as well.
1: Yeah. But um, yeah, it's like Rush and Kenny Clark's coming alive and Princeton Smith has figured out how to work in space. It's just everything is kind of coming together for this team. And yeah, they're a, they're a horrifying team to stare down in the playoffs, no matter who you are, because they are athletic and they match up well against almost any team in the, in the upper tier of the playoffs right now.
0: Yep. Bingo, bango. All right. Are we, we I don't
1: think, yeah. And I don't think they have a hard schedule coming down the stretch either. I don't think it's that difficult.
0: Uh, I think you're correct. I think they they have two division games left, right? Bears and Vikings. They win both of those probably. Um, Anyways, all right, that's going to do it for us. Please head over to fantasypoints.com, data.fantasypoints.com. I'm not going to give you the whole spiel. There's good stuff there. Check out the new tools we released last week. They are awesome, and they've been semi, actually surprisingly predictive so far as well, which is what we were going for. So yeah, check it out, fantasypoints.com, data.fantasypoints.com. That is where all the money is at. Do and it. for that, I'm Brett Whitefield. This is Stephen Rourke. We are out.